Triple M Rocks Sunday Arvo Footy. For Harvey Norman Home Appliances. Got a real special guest on the phone right now. He played almost 200 uh, games for Ronald Rugby League's famous clubs, the Dragons. He went on to coach the Dragons. He had a great stint at Huddersfield and St Helens in the UK. He's a, a rugby league royalty and he's a mate of ours. Nathan Brown is on the line from Newcastle. Brownie, welcome to uh, Sunday Triple M NRL. Well, thank you. How is everyone? Mate, we are all well. Uh, starting off on a, uh, a positive, the boys have just been talking off air about um, young Nathan Ross and... I got to say, I, I know you'd remember four or five weeks ago, he scored one of those miracle sideline tries that wingers score now. He just harbour bridged right over the lot of them. And I got to say, Brownie, I think it's the best one of those tries I've seen. Yeah, he certainly had a, a good year, Ross. He's, he's probably been, you know, in our top couple of most consistent players. And he's uh, taken a bit of a different path to becoming an NRL player. I think Ross is uh, 27 now. And coming, coming into this year, he, he'd only played three first-rate games the year before. And, um, he certainly has been a surprise packet. He's, he's worked really hard on his game, and he's uh, he's one of them characters that I think the fans like, and he's, he's one of those guys that's really hard not to like. It's very easy, though, mate, isn't it? You run hard, you tackle hard, and, and the fans get on board with you, and, and it tends to lead to success, doesn't it? Yeah, well, he just competes hard, Ken. That's pretty much what he does. He The way he plays is the way he trains, and every day at training, he trains like a million miles an hour and I think he's probably a million miles an hour when he goes home as well. So he certainly doesn't stop. And when he gets on the field, he, he's certainly been one of our best competitors this year. And I think, I think you know, he's been rewarded with a new, new two-year deal and I think everyone's proud of what he's achieved today. Is that the clue to the future, or the short, certainly the short-term future of Newcastle, to get those guys in who aren't... Uh, the, the top dollar guys, but the competitors and they're just prepared to turn up, work hard and compete hard? 100% right, Kenny. Yeah, we need we need more people that, you know, want to play for Newcastle because they actually want to want to compete hard, not be there because the money's good. And, you know, I've, you know, I've had quite a number of conversations with a number of people and I think Newcastle's probably just become a place over a period of time where different players have had just to stop over and earn some good money and it is such a nice place to live and They've been very, very, very comfortable. If you look at Nathan Ross, for example, he this year he was on a, a second-tier contract, uh, playing for bonuses and playing for his life, and and that's exactly how he performed. And that's how we need our need our higher-end players, and we bring them in and need them to compete. But in the in the short term, with our salary cap, what you're saying is 100% spot on. And the, the more players we can get in there that have got a little bit of experience that can compete, it helps educate the younger kids on what's required. Hey Brownie, um, every player that comes. You know, normally you want them to learn a bit every day, mate. What have you learnt this year about coaching? Obviously, it's probably one of your toughest years. Um, I've probably seen so much now that I've been around doing it for so long, Gordy. But you know, the, probably the biggest difference in the NRL today, opposed uh, to maybe you know eight, ten years ago, is is the gap between the young and the old. I think that's really got further apart, and um, yeah, it's probably been highlighted by. You know, some of our results from me. I've had a lot of lot of younger kids in. You know, I think years ago the pathway from your your under twenties or flag to to reserve grade is is a far far better path. Right at the yeah. moment, there's a lot of players coming from from the twenties going straight to first grade, and I really think it's a part of our game. I think the twenties is a very important competition, but I think we certainly need to to highlight and have a, a far a far a far stronger reserve grade competition. To help the younger kids transition to be to be better, but you know, after being in England for six years and then coming back and seeing how that gaps 
really grown is probably something that I think the game needs to look at. Yeah, Brownie, you, you talk about experience, and obviously, um, you know, you guys certainly lack a lot of that this year, but you also made some decisions in the middle of the year to let some experienced players go, like Tarek Sims, and, and move people around. You've got a couple of experienced players back in uh, in reserve grade. What the, what were those decisions based on, mate? Obviously, were they about freeing up some cash in the salary cap or getting the right people uh, at the club? Uh, the Joey Tapuaman was probably the first one. Yeah, we made... Joey, I think Joey too himself, you know, we all had a high opinion of Joey and no one probably had a higher opinion of Joey than, than myself. But unfortunately, with the state of where we're at, we made what the best offer we could afford. And unfortunately, you know, for us, Canberra uh, could, you know, could better that. Um, so where Joey's at, it was no good as a club, us developing Joey uh, for Canberra down the track. And I thought it was certainly in Joey's best interest to go to Canberra, which I think, that's highlighted by where Canberra on the ladder and he's playing every week. And for us, it saved us, you know, saved us about 100 grand this year, which if people knew the ins and outs of our salary cap, they would understand why that 100 grand is worth so much to us. That helped us bring in, say, Mitch Barnett and and, uh, and players like that who were brought in, Brendan Elliott. And then Tarek Sims had an option on his contract and Tarek wanted a, an extension and it's, you know, quite a, a lot of money. And it was something that, you know, we weren't prepared to meet at this stage. Uh, and... You know, Tarek again got a, a good offer of the Dragons and again letting Tarek go because you know, he wasn't going to be next year in the short term was, was a far better financial decision for us. Well, it put a little bit of pressure on our squad uh, in the short term. At the end of the day, you know, whether we ran, ran last or and won five or seven games or ran last and won two games, we're still going to be last. And um, we don't want to lose the games. We'd love to have won another, another four or five games. But at the end of the day, that's... The money side of it with our cap is, is far more important in the short term. And, and again, it, it helps us uh, save a little bit of money this year to help us move forward next year. So all, that, so all that money you are saving, who are you trying to get to the club next season? What players are on the market and are in conversations with the Knights? Oh, look, at this stage, to be honest with you, Kenny, we, we don't have a great deal of money available. People might find that uh, strange with what's gone, I suppose, at the end of last year. And the club let a lot of older experienced players go. And uh, with what's left this year, we're not in a situation at the minute where there is a big pot of money. Um, yep. Hence why we're doing what we're doing. And, um, but we have got um, a couple of plans in place with possibility of a number of players leaving the club, uh, which right. we feel is certainly in our best interest and their best interest. And with the players being off contract, as you're probably more aware than anyone, Kenny, I don't think it really matters these days if players are are off contract or not, if there's you know, certain players out there that you feel can really help your squad and you know, clubs are prepared to, to let players go earlier than, mm. I suppose, in the past. And, you know, salary cap is a really, really, obviously, ongoing, changing uh, type of beast and it's very, very complicated. And if we look at the Gold Coast, it was only, you know, 10 weeks ago, the Gold Coast were, were way under the cap and then all of a sudden they signed Conrad Harrell, Pete. And uh, McQueen, and then all of a sudden now they've got the, the big one in Hayne. So mm. I would imagine the Gold Coast now next year have to let players go because they've gone from being under the cap to probably being in a situation now where they probably need to bleed players. And uh, this is sort of an ongoing thing. So the, the key for us is uh, delisting players. And, you know, we need to delist certain numbers of players from our club to build up a pot of money. And we certainly know what types of personalities, which is you know, sort of alluded to before yourself, yeah. Kenny, is people that want to really compete hard and play tough footy and they're the types of people that we need to bring into our club to, to help help the younger players not only learn how to how to compete on the field but learn how to how to train off it because a lot of them are still 
very, very grey in that area as well. I've read reports that uh, Jared Mullins, a player that you might be looking to, to move on. Oh, look, we've never had a conversation, truth be told, about Jared Mullins leaving. And you know, as I've said before in the media, whenever you want to move a player, you need to talk to the player's agent because at the end of the day, he's the one that negotiates the deal at the, uh, at the next club. So, you know, we haven't spoke to Jared or his agent about moving, but, you know, as I've explained before, you know, we're probably not dissimilar to where Penrith was when Gus took over, you know, six years ago where, you know, they had to let a Michael Jennings and a Luke Lewis go who were on a lot of money who I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted to let go, but with the situation their cap was in and the money they were on, they had to make some really short-term painful decisions. And, you know, we've got a number of high-paid players at our club and whilst you certainly wouldn't, wouldn't want to let some, some of them go. If another club come to them, come to us and said, would you let them go? Well, you know, with Darren Moon and myself and the football committee, we'd have to sit down and, and look at the numbers and see what we could do with that money because the cap's not in a great spot at the minute. It sounds like you're sterling yourself for a couple of tough conversations, though. Oh, I've already had numbers of tough conversations this year, Kenny, <laughs> more, than, um, more, more than I've had in my first year at any other club I've been at, I can assure you, so... Yeah, we've had a number of conversations. And look, there's a number of players that I've spoke to about uh, they should leave the club, uh, players that have served the club well, or players that could go to another club and they do really well at another club where there was probably a, a little bit more seniority and in, in playing in the side that's uh, a fair bit higher on the ladder. You know, the situation we're in is unique and when you're down the bottom of the table, you need a certain type of character to, to not only help you compete and win some games, but the key for us is, is educating the, the younger players. Hey, Brownie, which, um, what's the best team you played against this year? So we're going to sort of pick who we think is going to win the competition, mate. What's the best team that you guys have played and who do you think is going to win the comp? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, we've played, like, if you look at North Queensland and Corrala, they're two sides that put really big scores on us. Uh, the Roosters, we actually bumped the Roosters at full strength and they put a fairly big score on us as well. And, you know, the side that we've probably been unlucky not to beat twice was Melbourne, but... You know, I sort of thought eight or ten weeks ago, Melbourne, if they could, you know, get those two big front rows, McLean and and Big Nelson, and have their squad fit, I I thought a uh, fit Melbourne Storm this year looked looked right to me to win the comp. So, mate, just to, can I just take you back to, to what we were talking about previously with the salary cap? Just finally on that, how long will it take for the club to be in what you believe is a good position salary cap wise, where? The money is because just to, I'll just say this: you already know this, but just for the listeners, yeah. The, the, the trick to the salary cap, uh, as it's been explained to me, is always it's not about get, getting the best players because you can't get all the best players. So it's essentially if you're paying three hundred thousand dollars for a player and he's worth three fifty, you've done a good job. And if you're paying three hundred thousand dollars for a player and he's worth two fifty, you've done a poor job. Is, is that essentially how you see it, and and how you're trying that's, to get balance? Yeah, that's pretty much spot on, Kenny. It's about you know, you're going to lose some, but you certainly need to have more wins than losses. Um, mm. And sometimes if you're going to pay overs for a player, you've got to make sure that player is obviously going to improve your squad a lot. Mm. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people talk about third parties, which are a big thing in our game. And obviously some sides have a, a bigger advantage than a lot of other sides because of the amount of third parties they can get, which I believe is up, you know, some clubs are up, you know, a million, a million and a half dollars more than some other mm. clubs. But, what you've got to get right before you worry about third parties is managing your first $7 million right. And, yep. uh, you know, we're probably a couple of years away from getting that right, to be honest, with, what, with what's sort of been handed over and mm. with where we are. We're probably, you know, two years and a little bit of luck. Uh, we'll need some luck along the way with 
obviously, you know, a couple of players that we'd like to move because at the end of the day, they need to find someone that wants to take them. And uh, that's always not, not that easy, especially when you're on the bottom of the ladder and player X might be getting paid so much, a certain amount of money. And to go to a better club, well, they've got to go for less. So it's, all these things are very complicated at times. Yeah. But I, I would have thought it would take us, you know, at least a couple of years to get our cap in a position where we could feel like we're getting the balance between the wins and losses a lot better. And, Brownie, are you privy to all that information when you're making a decision to come in as a head coach? Do they open the books or they say, OK, we finished here last year, this is our roster and this is our salary cap situation? Or are you finding all this information out as the job goes on? Oh, look, I, well, what I'd say is, is I obviously knew the club's salary cap situation for this year where it was at. I knew a lot of players had gone and I got brought in the club to, because I've had a history of developing younger players and starting from the bottom and... Um, you know, I wasn't too bothered about where the cap was in 17. It was more that, you know, there was, I was quite aware there was a lot of young, talented players that obviously aren't quite ready to play the amount of games they've played this year, but, you know, they are a future for the club and it's certainly going to help us move forward. And, you know, with the salary cap and the way contract, different contracts are structured, you know, Darren Mooney's been brought in to, to really fix that up and he's done a, a great job at Cronulla over the last sort of six or seven years, you know, putting that roster together with, you know, first we started with Ricky and then with Shane Flanagan and, Means he sort of understands how that works a lot better, and and the cap from one year to the next. That you know, sometimes people, you know, a, a contract can be structured for player X, but if he's played ten games, when well, his contract can jump a certain amount, you know. So how they're structured and how they change can can play a real different part. But look, I, I was I was quite aware that this year was going to be a very 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 tough year, um, and we knew there was going to be a lot of hard decisions to be made. But the the football committee were very very open about that. Um, right. So it's certainly something that um, I, was, I, was, I, I was quite aware of what was required when I came into the job and I knew it was going to be tough and this is the worst part of it at the minute. You know, This is the most bleeding we'll do in year one and year two next year we'll, we'll get better and then the year after we'll get better again.